Welcome to Bitpicking, Season 3, Episode 3. I'm Greg. I'm Mark. I'm Laura. Hi, Laura. Hi, Mark. <laughs> Hello, Greg. <laughs> How are we all doing today? Seamless, seamless. Seamless. Good, rules. thanks. It's been a busy week, isn't it? Good. It has. We, are, um, we have gone back to remote as the dreaded COVID has reared its ugly head again. How do you say it? Om- I've, I've never worked this out. Omicron, Omicron. Uh, what's the what's the correct? O- uh, Omicron. Omicron. I guess. Omicron. 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 I can't get my vowels around it. <laughs> Cron job. Do either of you know why um, we went from Delta to Omicron? Omicron. What happened to all the letters in the middle? Is there a reason for that, or do they just pick them randomly? I thought it was like hurricanes, where it was like. Take the next letter. Think of an old lady's name. Oh, yeah. I think <laughs> Olive. I think it's because the next one is like a Chinese letter, isn't it, or something? No, it's is it's that, it's it's, it's, it's Greek, but normally it'd be Alpha, Beta, Gamma, wouldn't it? Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta. Yeah, that's what I thought. So it would be something else. But that's what Omic- I thought, yeah. Omicron's further down. So yeah, I I don't know. Is the quick answer? None of us know. Okay. All right. Well, while that may be. Restricting our movement, the tech world has continued. Um, so we have some things to talk about today that we have put into the topic tombola. Um, and we will have a rummage around and see what pops out. Okay, let me reach deep into this tombola way down in the depths let me pick out a bit of paper here all right this is big news this week this is log4shell the log4j vulnerability that has taken the tech world by storm (laughs) it's safe to say this week (laughs) um yes pretty big deal it's a massive deal i mean i guess to to explain it to anyone that's that's not familiar um a vulnerability discovered in log4j which is a logging library for java uh it's deployed in i'm gonna take a guess at the majority of enterprise software um all over the planet if you're running java there is a very very good chance that you've got an affected version of log4j somewhere um in your stack um and it 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 turned out to be actually a pretty trivial exploit uh, in in the library, which means that anyone can just um, uh, start uh, getting hold of your data, running running uh, classes on your server, uh, which can do pretty much whatever they like. Um, at one point, Apple was suspect to it. You could yeah, I saw that. Yeah. You could set your phone name to the special string that triggers this um and uh, uh so is it, is it um everybody is it like because I, I, I didn't really look into the technical details but my understanding was it was like the johnny tables joke yeah. from xkcd <laughs> in that you could put if you put a string in like an input box a particularly crafted string yes the log4j library would attempt to log it but because of the way the string was passed it would actually execute something in that string yes which would allow it to go and do something else yes absolutely yeah yeah i mean it's literally like sql injection but for for logging 
Okay. which seems like a, a, a stupid thing and that's the i mean this has thrown up all sorts of of questions and thoughts and conversations uh about many many things um for example the fact that the you know this this is a uh a, a, a sort of fairly venerable library but it's still only maintained by a couple of unpaid people um yeah. and everyone depends on it um, the fact that it was uh, exploited by a feature that uh, actually probably 99.9% .9 of the people running this library don't need, wouldn't want, <laughs> wouldn't even know was there. Um, the fact that it's been there for seven or eight years. That's um, the thing that surprised me, actually. Now. Yeah, like it's just been noticed now. You know, I mean, not, not, I'm not suggesting it it should have been like i'm not trying to make out like oh why didn't somebody look at it but that's quite amazing isn't it that it's been there for so long um do you know mark um or laura how it got detected was it was it exploited and and then the security firms found it or did someone find it and then um it ended up I, there's a system isn't there where you can notify and then after a particular period you tell everyone yeah was it accidental or just someone was testing it, it or something. it's a slightly confused picture because um as, as far as i can tell it was there was chinese researchers who um spotted it someone right. uh someone posted it which is why it then became such a panic because normally there would be this process of responsible disclosure right you right. don't just say hey everyone there's this exploit you go and have a quiet word with the maintainers and say you realize there's this um, but actually, um, the, you know, whoever found it um, made it public straight away and said, oh, hey, here's a proof of concept of an exploit. So that was kind of a, a, a bad thing. Um, right. But I also believe it was being used. They detected it being used a week before that happened. So it seemed like, you know, I think someone was looking for stuff, put it that way. Um, okay. And so it's not quite clear kind of who's who's been using it. But I mean, th definitely now, if you look at, you know, the, the tracking, there are groups all over the world now who are doing a lot of probing, um, trying to find systems that are vulnerable, basically. And it's a it, it's, it's a horrific bug. I mean, it does literally just let you execute any code you like um, on someone else's server. And it's a logging, it's a bloody logging framework. I mean, like <laughs> that, that, that really shouldn't happen. That really shouldn't happen. Um, well, I wonder if other, are there other frameworks that are liable to do this too? Is it one of many or is it, is it the only one? Uh, I think that's it. I think we don't know, do we? That's nobody knew that this had the. No, the trouble, but, right? but so. I mean, it's fair to say that the, the functionality that causes it is, is, um, like sort of base Java functionality, being able to do this lookup onto a remote server and download a class and execute it is sort of part of Java. You know, that's not something special that they've written here. So there could be other systems that use that same functionality to do other things. Um, so I, I just think it's great. I mean, like I said, I, I think one of the big lessons out of this is uh, this was a very obscure bit of functionality that someone wanted um, seven or eight years ago. Uh, and it was merged into, you know, the, 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 the main 
um, the main framework. Uh, yeah. And it sort of begs, the, it's, it's a good argument for not doing that and saying, do you know what, if you want to write a, um, if you want to write a plugin or, you know, you, I mean, it's easy to say, but exactly architecting yeah. your framework such that they are pluggable and people can have this functionality themselves as they want it, but you don't have to add every little feature request into to the main library yourself is a good thing, but um, maybe it's I suppose that, that goes into what you were saying a bit though, wasn't it? It's, it's maintained by effectively volunteers, you know, in the sense that they're not being paid for it. No, mm. I'm sure, you know, volunteer implies some level of unprofessionalism maybe. And I don't mean that um, these are no doubt very good seasoned developers, but what's their motivation to, 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 to sort of follow best practice when yeah. no doubt they're doing it on the side or yeah right yeah you know, or and even if they're not not really thinking about that because you don't have that kind of commercial or um you know fiscal responsibility yeah if you, if you get what i'm saying and you know so. and you can you could also say well uh, if you read any open source library you know you look at the top of every source file and you'll inevitably have the disclaimer that says this is provided as is without warranty. Is. Yeah. Um, I was about to ask about that. Yeah, is there any like legal responsibility now? Like the whole of the major corporations around the world are knocking knocking on their yeah. door. Going, Hang on a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but that's it. I mean, you, you can't. You know, it is. You, you, it, yeah. it, it is as is, right? So if you want to use it, you use it. You know, and uh, to be fair, I, I haven't seen any evidence of you know corporations come knocking saying you guys are in trouble no. now, right? Because of, because of this. And I, I think everyone has, has accepted that, you know, you use it at your own risk, but you know, you, you also kind of assume that, well, if, if tens and hundreds of thousands of other people are using this library, you're not going to have something of this magnitude, um, suddenly appear in it one day in, uh, 2021. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it'd be pointless as well to go knocking on their door because yeah what's going to happen really how are you going to yeah the whole world yeah. see them yeah <laughs> but it's probably more likely to be the developers that implemented it in 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 the organization that come down hard yeah them, right yeah which, unfortunately yeah. yeah 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 but i mean if, if if you ever thought there was a safe open source library to use it would be the one that writes <laughs> log files i mean surely <laughs> think that's, that's a good point that's how it's, long we it's, were. <laughs> it's crazy but you i mean you do think it's interesting you know you say because i suppose there is a bit of responsibility on people writing open source software which is you know if people do start picking this up um if whatever framework or library you've written starts getting popular you do have a bit of a responsibility to people to make sure it is secure, um, you know, and, uh, and written according to secure practices and, you know, and all these kind of things. I don't think you can just kind of wash your hands of it and say, well, yeah, use it know, at, your at, own what risk. Point, at what point do you have that? If it's used by 10 people that you don't know, is that where you start thinking, oh yeah, I should probably pay more attention to this side of thing or, or is it a hundred people or a thousand people or, What's the metric, you know, clones of your repo or downloads on the package repository or yeah. something? Like where, well, where do you get to the point where you're like, oh, right, this is serious now? Well, that's it. Because I've got stuff that I've thrown up on GitHub that... Yeah, true. Maybe, let, well, it's probably, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also things yeah. I've used that, are, that I know are dormant. Yeah. And I fought them and, and added to them and stuff. I mean, that's part of the 
part of the system, isn't it? So where does it turn real? Yeah, that's, that's true. That's the debate, that's, that's, isn't that's it? That's true. And I suppose it's not it's not so much that that you know you have to action that, but I think you have to have it in mind, right? You have to bear in mind that you do have you have some responsibility to be thinking about it at least even you don't necessarily do anything about it but yeah and i think in the log for j case that seems like that's an that's an obvious yes somebody should have should have treated this more seriously maybe i mean actually i don't know that's probably unfair for me to say because i don't know how it is maintained at the moment what the you know quite a few open source projects have a very strong governance program don't they yeah and i'm but i suppose you know again it, it it's one of those things that's hidden in plain sight, isn't it? Like in the case of this particular bug, it if it was obvious, it wouldn't have gone unnoticed for eight years, would it? So it's not it's yeah. not like someone if someone had just looked a little bit harder, you know, they might have gone, oh, of course. Um, even though, again, in, in hindsight, it is obvious. You know, it's not it's not hard to explain. What's, that's what makes what's it happening. so interesting. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. And so it, it sort of begs the question, what's the next thing? You know, there was a, a, a few years ago was Heartbleed, which is the open SSL um, bug, you know, which everyone, again, another open source maintained by a couple of guys. Everyone depends on it everywhere. And suddenly there's this major exploit in it. Um, yeah. You know, I saw I something it, else. It reminds me, actually, I, I read an article just yesterday on the NSO hacker group. I don't think they're a, they are a hacker group. Have you heard of these guys? Yeah, uh, I I've heard the name, but I, I've read it this week, but I can't remember the context. So they're a commercial entity. I can't remember where they operate out of, but they basically get hired by governments to um, uh, perform hacking. Yeah, this is the Israeli guys. Oh, I have right? heard of is them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so they had a big thing where they were they um, had these zero click exploits on iOS. So just by sending a particularly craft SMS message, they could um, execute arbitrary code on anyone's iPhones. And they were using this exploit to target journalists or um, government officials or whatever for, for, on, on behalf of other governments um, to suppress their free speech or something like that. I don't, I don't know the political angle particularly. Um, but this had been around for, for a long time, but there's just been an article published in the last week about how they did it. And it is, I mean, if we think Log4J was like obvious, like, oh, wow, now that you know it, it's really obvious. How did we miss it? This is the most unobvious right. way yeah, that yeah. they did this. I couldn't even begin to explain it, but it was something about they could send a, um, a particular f- image file as an SMS and it would get passed by the iOS messaging system, which they just happened to know operated outside of a sandbox in some way. So then they had to have this deep understanding of the iOS architecture. And then um, the way this um, image passing worked is it didn't care what the file type was. It would try to work it out by passing through the file. So they'd say it was a GIF, but actually it was a PDF so, and they'd hide it. And then there was a way that they could use a compression technique to, um, that's commonly found in Xerox photocopiers where you can, when you're scanning a document, in order to reduce the file size, there's a particular algorithm you can use to detect shapes which are similar. So you can detect all the P's on a page. And then rather than storing every individual P, you store one reference of the P, and then you store where it is on 
you know, on the coordinates of an A4 piece of paper. And they worked out that in this algorithm, they could basically create some kind of logic engine which would allow them to do a buffer overrun and then execute. I mean, this is where it lost me. But I was just like, this is absolutely... <laughs> I was going to say, I feel quite stupid. <laughs> I mean, I'm just really reading, like remembering the words that I read in this yeah. article. But it was so incredibly complex. I was like, how do they even find this stuff? And how do they... Yeah. I mean, the creativity to think, oh, I wonder if I can exploit this. And then to have to chain it together with five or six other things... I mean, it's, it's super clever. I mean, I know it's, you know, it's frowned upon or whatever, but unbelievably clever. So on the one hand, Log4J, very trivial. You know, now that you spot it, you go, oh, facepalm, why didn't we know about that? On the other scale, millions of dollars of investment to, to you know, to crack open an operating system from the top to bottom. I mean, are we safe anywhere? Yeah, well, no, I, that's it. I mean, they're... they're as a CTO, it makes me sweat when I just think there's like, no matter how hard you try, there is always going to be a ton of holes somewhere and there will always be someone ready to exploit them. And it feels like you're just waiting your turn <laughs> to be right. to be bent over and taking it, if you know what I mean. Um, it's such a hard balance, isn't it? I suppose in a position like that to how much, how much process do you put in when, when one of your developers says, um, right, I, I want to use this library, mm. you know, and how much diligence do you put in as an organization to vet that and that kind of stuff? Um, and uh, versus saying, well, this is just going to slow us down too much. We must move on. And then there's the whole, well, well, let's write it ourselves. Like we'll write our own login framework. You know, it's... it's yeah, well, that's it. I mean, if, if you had to review every line of code that was in every open source library that you use, you'd, you'd get nothing done. Um, I, I was going to ask if you were either of you personally affected, but it's probably unwise to answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, well, this was is I it. targeted by the Israeli government? <laughs> <laughs> and why? <laughs> no, look for Jake. Well, th but this is the crazy thing because um, because on the one hand, like in in our shop, no, we have we don't use Java, we don't have any Java systems deployed. Um, but at the same time, we're customers of AWS who are vulnerable. We're customers of Atlassian who are vulnerable. You know, we're customers of other SaaS services who haven't declared whether they're vulnerable or not, but you know, maybe. So well, actually all it takes now is Atlassian to be vulnerable. And so someone could actually get into, you know, say Bitbucket can get AWS credentials for our account, can get into our AWS account. So like, it, it 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 sprawls everywhere right just because mm. you're personally not affected or not running the software it doesn't mean that it couldn't be you know i mean someone else i read um gave a great example of saying you know well you think you're all right because you haven't got any java um java systems that are on the internet but they said well you know but what happens if well actually that system that is on the internet writes a log file that log file gets shipped to some other um um, log storage system that log storage system is exporting its its entries out to some other internal system which someone else is then loading up on their desktop you know in a in, in a desktop java program which is then logging this out itself and then that's still calling out back to this other server so you're still vulnerable so 
you know, you can't just kind of take it at face value of like, well, I haven't got any systems, mm. so we're not, we're not vulnerable. Um, it's a, it's a maze. And like I say, I think it makes, uh, you know, people responsible for um, software all over the world sweat profusely. Yeah. And there's also that angle where even if you did find that you were running a, a vulnerable version of this library, or Java. Is it just part of Java, Java standard library, or is it? Do you have to go in? No, it's a it's a it's a you know a library, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, a lot of times you can't upgrade stuff, can you? No. Because you might be on a system that's now out of date and not yeah. maintained anymore. Um, I mean, I can't think of one, but I did think this the other day. Like we had to look at our Jenkins because that's Java based. Mm. Um, and I thought, well, what if Jenkins was no longer maintained? Right. And therefore, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'd have to then take on the burden of updating the log4j package inside Jenkins, yeah. which may then not be compatible for other reasons. Yeah. And, you know, um, so it's, yeah, it's quite a, it's quite a, a challenging area. Yeah. And I mean, there's also, um, well, maybe one of the uh, highlights of this was that um, uh, maybe a blessing was that a lot of people were saying a lot of the enterprise software is actually so unmaintained that it's still on the earlier version of log4j which didn't have the vulnerability so like don't upgrade yeah, don't, that's the lesson don't upgrade yeah that's the yeah. that's the, uh, the good thing to come out of this but i think the only thing is to join the bad guys to be honest i think i'm i'm handing in my notice they're, and, they're on the winning side aren't yeah they, i'm gonna go and work for <laughs> hackers incorporated because i think that's the only way to win yeah I mean, I, I also think of what's out there that we that is being exploited that we don't know about. Mm. Like, there's some quadrant, isn't there? The known unknowns, unknown knowns, all that kind of known. Yeah. Um, and what's out there which is being exploited but isn't being disclosed. Yeah. And how's that, you know, going to be discovered and all that kind of stuff? Because I don't know if everybody's checking for these kind of things. No. I mean, how would you? You might not ever know that somebody has used this particular exploit to do something on your server. Yeah. You could probably hide it, yeah. whatever you were trying to do quite easily. Not not everyone's trying to, you know, mine for a stable coin or whatever. So there could be all sorts of things happening out there. And it actually makes me think sometimes, why do I bother trying desperately to avoid Facebook and things like that <laughs> when my data is probably all over the shop via other re means because someone else has leaked it and someone else, you know, maybe I'm, I don't know, been hacked or whatever. And, and you do sort of start thinking, well, it's just futile, isn't it? There's too many angles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, yeah, yeah. You need to become a hermit in, yeah. in, in the woods somewhere, like unplug and yeah, that's what yeah, you need. Yeah. Like. Or go the other way and just be like, right. Everything's open. Yeah. You can yeah, have, it. have it. Yeah. My yeah. Just sell it yourself. Sell it, sell, it, sell it as an NFT. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Red> digital identity. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be worth everything much. you want. <laughs> I might get a happy meal out of it. <laughs> On the so, I'll just go back to the subject of do you even know what's happening? So, one of the things I read about um, uh, a little while ago was was exfiltration and basically how do you smuggle data out of people's systems without them knowing? Because in a lot of corporate networks, you will have you know, firewalls that stop things calling out in particular ports, or it'll be obvious if you're just sending data back to an HTTP server. But things like, well, using uh, DNS, for example, you can make DNS queries that have arbitrary payloads in them. Yeah. You can you can uh, put arbitrary text in ping requests. And so yeah, one yeah. of the ways that people smuggle data out 
is to have a process that reads your data and sends pings that includes your data in a ping request. And to a network administrator, you know, they may not ever notice that your data is being smuggled out because there's nothing obvious exactly, happening. Yeah. Someone's just got a ping running somewhere. It happens all the time. Um, yeah, fascinating. Yeah. I worry about that all the time. Like I've got a home server that hosts like a music library and stuff like that. And I think somebody could have been in on that. I mean, I, don't, I haven't made much effort, frankly. I don't want people to start targeting me, but I haven't made much effort no. to, to do it. It sits like next to my modem. It's got a firewall on it. I don't have ports open except for the ones I want, but there are some open. Otherwise, I don't get the functionality I need. And I'm like, somebody could have been in there poking around. There's nothing to find. Listening to your music. Greg, Greg's collection, <laughs> of, be listening Greg's to? collection <laughs> of 1970s Swiss yodel music. <laughs> Emma Bunton. <laughs> Is she, is she a yodeler? <laughs> it's, that's her early stuff, I oh, think. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, before she got discovered. The classic stuff. By Simon Cowell <laughs> on a skiing trip. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I do, sometimes I think about that. And like, I mean, we, you know, we, we've mentioned this a few times. Like I am absolutely shit scared of AWS, um, Google Cloud, Azure, and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, fortunately, it's not my job. But every time I look at it, it's so complicated. I'm like... I am leaving a door open somewhere. Yeah, you know, and I just oh, would not know. Well, there's <laughs> you know? A, there's there's a great story about Azure. Sorry, while we're geeking out on on hacks, right? Because because um, only a couple of months ago, Azure was the subject of a um, of a hack, which wasn't exploited. Uh, it was found by researchers, but it was it was really obvious in that you could you could run a thing called Cosmos DB. Uh, one of the features of that was that you could have a Jupyter notebook, which I don't know if you guys have ever used, but is basically interactive um, notebooks. You can write code in there and run it, but you know, you use it a lot for data science, for example. Right. And someone discovered that if you, if you, uh, so in your notebook, if you decided to click the button that said, I want to write some .NET code, uh, you could, but when the .NET code ran, it ran as root. Um, <laughs> And so then started a long chain of, which ev effectively involved root on, root on the on the server, not no, in your VM. Root, root in your VM. But then, but then Azure had left other doors open, which meant that you could get outside oh, of that. With root, you could <laughs> you, you could then get outside yeah. that. And again, it was like you talked about your hack within it. So I mean, this one wasn't nearly so complicated, but it was still a chain of, well, there's this gap, so I'm going to exploit that, and then that, you know there was that and so i did that and then there was that so i did that and they actually managed to get hold of microsoft private keys um oh, wow. you know and into sort of the fabric of azure um and it's crazy you think well if if microsoft can make that mistake you know what, what hope have i got basically <laughs> so please don't sell yourself short Mark. please bad guys don't come after me yeah <laughs> well it, yeah it is it's it's a fascinating area yeah, I'd love, I'd love, I'd love to do it. I'm not nearly clever enough to to do that stuff, but it would be. A... Are they clever or are they just working backwards? Because a lot of it sounds like they they find an exploit and then realize the repercussions or like you know what what the link is. Maybe you're just really good at puzzles. I don't know. Well, I think, yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's yeah. like it's like a giant government scale escape room. Yeah. <laughs> escape room. Yeah, I was going to say it's just like that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good point. I mean, there are, I mean, I suppose people do it professionally as, as salaried, but I think there's, well, I don't think there are, there are um, bounty programs, aren't there? Bug bounties 
Um, I think there's a bug bounty marketplace. I remember yeah. looking at this for a previous job I was in where you can um, uh, just earn money, a bit like Fiverr or a Mechanical Turk thing where you... Um, in fact, uh, I remember now where um, we started getting emails from this service and where someone had said, we found an exploit, I will tell you what it is for $500. And we were like, is it a scam or is it not a scam? Like, this sounds like a scam, but on the other hand... You know, a bit like ransomware. I'm like, well, if they have found something, I want to know about it. But it, yeah. mm. um, and I looked into it, and the site looked like it was legit. But of course, they all do. But anyway, the point is, you can make money out of this, and then it's to your point, Laura. It's maybe it's just legwork, isn't it? If if you're getting paid to do it, and you're just poking around, you spend a couple of hours here, a couple of hours there, and then you know, gradually over a longer period of time you will write the works of Shakespeare just by mashing it at a keyboard. <laughs> it's like the, following the patterns, isn't it? There's probably lots of patterns that are, are similar for finding the same things once you notice the patterns across yeah, right. different yeah, systems. Yeah. Maybe, I think, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. That's how, that's how they do it. They say, all right, well, this is the type of thing that may occur. Let me poke around on it. So. Oh, but it does make me wonder sometimes the complexity of it. And then I think what we do and what I do and what I have done. And I think, wow, it's so trivial in comparison. You know, like like Mark, actually, he, he attempted to write an emulator once. And like that's just the kind of thing that blows my mind. Like, how can you, that's so low level that you're now emulating <laughs> chips and then running code on top of the emulated chip. Like, what, this is just crazy. And in the meantime, I'm trying to put a rounded corner on a, on a text field. <laughs> I was going to say, I think the other day I put the bran flakes in the fridge, so I don't think <laughs> I'm up to the job for this. <laughs> yeah, but that's the outside of the box thinking that we need. You see? Yes, maybe. <laughs> by, maybe they're by, looking for frozen bran flakes, yeah, people. You exactly. Know? <laughs> by putting the bran flakes in the fridge, you might be exploiting some other, you know, property. That, Lateral thinker. Yeah. There. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, where no, did Heston start? He must have done crazy yeah, things true. like that to, yeah, get, yeah. to get his... Uh, Thing. Yeah. By the way, I want to put an advert for a really interesting uh, service that I discovered the other day, um, which is called canarytokens.org. So if you're worried about getting hacked, do you know, I'm, I'm going to share my screen with you guys, which I realize is going to make terrible podcasting. <laughs> but, but still. I'll, I'll describe it. So with canarytokens.org, you can generate um, tokens that if they ever get used, so for example, I can generate an email address, right? And then I can leave that in my, say, in, in my um, my contacts in, in my email. And if it ever gets used, then I'll get, I'm gonna get notified. So if I put it in my contacts in Outlook and someone steals my contacts and emails them all, it's gonna email this one and I'll get notified that someone's used it and stolen it. And likewise, I can generate, for example, AWS keys. So they're real AWS keys, but if, uh, but if someone ever tries to use them, it will trigger a notification to me. So I can leave those on my laptop. I don't use them because they don't, they don't do it. They don't do anything, but if someone else steals them and goes, ah, I've got your AWS keys and tries to use them. That's a good idea. It'll email me. You can have AWS keys. You can have, what have you got? Well, so now they've got this string, this log for shell string that you can do it. So if anyone ever tries to, to uh, uh, sort of uh, exploit that, you'll know about it. Uh, QR code. So if anyone tries to use a QR code, 
database Has logins, ever? <laughs> Microsoft Word document. If anyone ever tries to open this Word document, you can, that is, you can get notified. That is quite that's pretty clever. Yeah, that is. I like the name as well. Clever name. Yeah, yeah Canary token. Unless these guys are the scammers. Oh, <laughs> wait. Damn it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. It's just it's some kind of reverse hack here. Oh, forward yeah. again. Yeah. Forward again. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, so use that, use that as you will. Well, I don't think we've got time for another tombola topic, so let's wrap it up. Um, so I feel like I'm not very smart <laughs> talking about something really, really clever people do. Um, I don't know. Does anyone feel really unsafe now? Yeah, I'm basically the the best Christmas present I can get is just not to get hacked this Christmas. That'd be that'd be lovely. Thank you very much. That'll be my gift to you. I won't hack oh, you no. this Christmas. Yeah. You, you think of it. You, you think of everything. <laughs> uh, this is a bit of a side note, but do you guys watch the YouTube YouTuber uh, that every year does the um, the porch pirate parcel bomb? I've seen it before. No? I've seen it before. Oh, okay. I just watched it yesterday, so it was on my mind. But thinking of Christmas, because this is our Christmas episode. Happy Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Uh, but this guy, he, he builds a package um, that he leaves on doorsteps, because I guess in some towns in America, it's quite common for packages to be stolen. Um, and then when you open it, it does a glitter bomb. It sprays um, fart spray at you, um, and it's got lights. And this, this year, he put a car horn in, and so the car <laughs> horn goes off i don't know why i think of this because it's like present related but it's again you should check out this youtube video maybe we'll put it in the show notes because it's a feat of engineering he's got four cheap android phones that are all tracking gps there's a whole doormat thing that charges it up so that if it sits there for like multiple hours it doesn't run out of battery like before it's stolen and then they can trace it around the city it all gets filmed it's, it's brilliant <laughs> So don't be yeah, stealing yeah, any packages. You might, you might get glitter bombs. Right, I'm going to bear that in mind. <laughs> but it is, it's an interesting video to um, to uh, see. It's like it's like tech Home Alone booby traps. <laughs> Home Alone. And that's Greg's gift to you. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Great Christmas movie, Home Alone. Can't, oh, yeah. can't go wrong with that. Do you, have, do you have any movies you're looking for? Movies aren't a Christmas thing anymore, though, are they, really? I mean, like, it used to be that you would sit and wait for the big movie to come on telly, but I guess that just doesn't happen anymore. So we end up just watching well, the old all, stuff. There are Christmas time movies, but you're right, there aren't Christmas movies. Mm. Um, this year has been quite a big debate. I keep hearing it over whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not. Because that is a movie that is set in at Christmas and I think it came out at Christmas but it's not really about Christmas it's not very so Christmassy is it so is it a Christmas no. movie I, I, well, I think it's become one hasn't it I think just by dint of people asking that question yeah right it's, it's self it's like, yeah, yeah it's it's like you know it's like people that are famous just for being famous it's kind of self-referential now yes <laughs> Anyway, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, yes. Bar humbug. Merry Christmas. Bar humbug. <laughs> Should we come back and do this in 2022? If we're allowed to. Definitely. Let's do it. Well, Merry Christmas, Laura. Merry Christmas, Mark. Merry Christmas, Greg. Aww. And Merry Christmas, listeners. One and all. 